CDC says the infected passenger passed through busy SeaTac Airport. Senate having tried Donald John Trump, President of the United States, upon two articles of impeachment, B, and he is hereby acquitted of the charges in said... It's been 35 home. days since the World Health Organization was first alerted to the crisis in China. They're almost... We're going to continue. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. My safer at home emergency order requires Los Angeles residents to stay in their home. It limits all made their outdoor. anger and their fury clear last night over the death of George Floyd, a black man who died in police custody. The power to vote it's the noblest instrument ever devised to register our will in a peaceable and productive fashion. You would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Welcome to our weekly socially distanced podcast where an aspiring actor and screenwriter check in and learn how former guests are hustling from home. We discuss the current U.S. election and the most important issues of 2020. This is a Hollywood Hustle podcast. Quarantine edition. Hello and welcome to COVID quarantine episode number one of Hollywood Hustle podcast. It is I. We are back. Daniel Tuttle, your host, along with... My social distance brother, Michael Lutheran. What's up, Michael? Hey, Daniel. Hey, League of Hustle. It has been so long, and it feels so good to be back. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a long, long time. Let's all have a nice uh, socially distanced virtual hangout hug Ooh. together. Welcome to the... Michael, we are in a new world <laughs> since, <laughs> since whence we left. Oh, my gosh. If only we could have the ability to, like, go backward go back in time like while we were recording a podcast and interrupt and say guys this is about to happen <laughs> you know you won't believe what's going there's a um, a video i found of it's this comedian and she did this video it's like her it was made in april um and it's herself talking to her january self and her january, she's like so how's it going and she's like oh it's going good it's going good she's like great great she's like uh what's going on she's like man these australian fires i think those are going to be the news of the year man it's really crazy what's going on in australia and she goes oh yeah <laughs> i think i've seen this one it, it was uh edited very very well <laughs> yeah it's really and then she did a second one in june where she goes back to april and then and talks about like uh the the stuff that happened after yep. that moment um it's uh it's pretty good it's pretty funny yeah but hope, highly highly suggest it hope you all out there are doing well and and safe and healthy during such crazy times that we're in and uh not speaking for Daniel, but I'm sure uh, the sentiments are the same. Like we're just so happy to be back <laughs> with you guys. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's you know what? When I was like unpacking everything to kind of get this set up, I felt like Batman putting his suit on. Yeah. Like I got so excited when I pulled the microphone out and the cord and the pop filter. <laughs> I'm like, it's on. Oh well, <laughs> you know, for me, I got really excited when I put on the like armor chest plate as well you know because there's yeah, always yeah. that exciting shot when batman suiting up 
why I have I mean, that. It for is it is a weird here. little weird you're wearing that right now, but <laughs> well, actually, uh, this is a new update. Uh, viewers could tell I'm actually not uh, wearing the Batman chest plate because we're also recording this on Zoom, so uh, listeners Ooh. will be able to check this out on Zoom. This will be available for you on on Instagram, on other places where you can watch our beautiful faces as we talk to each other. Yeah, it took a uh, health pandemic for us to, you know, be able to go video podcasting, <laughs> but everyone's doing it. And uh, we've all been hanging out this year pretty much on Zoom. Uh, Daniel and myself, as well as our uh, team members, Kate and Eric, uh, we've been hanging Absolutely. out on Zoom pretty much all year, as I'm sure you listeners have as well. Yeah, they're they're listening, and we're excited that you're back, that you're listening. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I know it's been a year. Uh, so here's what happened. So Michael and I, we talked at the end of our last episode, which is our kind of uh, year in review of 2019. Yeah, we were going to take a little bit of a, a longer hiatus uh, to work on season four and just take a little bit of a health break. We needed some time away. You had uh, just had a baby girl. Yeah, I had just had a baby and there was just a lot going on at the time. Yeah. Um, and so we had some really great plans and I don't want to spoil them because I'm sure we'll get back to them again next year. But uh, we were going to take this long hiatus and that hiatus turned in from like two months to, uh, you know, 11 months. <laughs> so, uh, uh, or sorry, 10 months. So uh, we're, we're sorry that it's been a while since we've been back. Uh, Michael got a full time job. Um, that took a lot of his time because it was just literally him and his boss uh, setting up a business, a practice. Uh, so that took about he was working about, what, 60 hour plus work weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much been my life through COVID-19. Uh, last week, you guys heard from us in December 2019. I was unemployed at the time, n- just newly married. And in January, I was very fortunate to, you know, even though I had been trying to stay out of the medical field, um, to move on to a new industry, something in the entertainment industry. Uh, Times were getting tight. My unemployment benefits were about to run out. And I have years of working in internal medicine and stuff. So I just decided to go out for an interview. I got a great job working for a physical medicine and rehab doctor. At the end of January, literally just weeks before the coronavirus hit. So I have been working this whole time. I know many of you guys probably uh, have not been able to work due to times being what they are. Uh, but yeah, as Daniel said, I have just been for majority of the time just working with myself and my physician. And for a good couple months, we were, you know, working remotely. But now we're back in clinic uh, treating patients mostly through telemedicine. But guys, I got to tell you. Uh, building a medical practice is uh, can can be a little stressful, especially you know when there's a health pandemic going on. Um, Absolutely, it's a it's it's been a wild ride. <laughs> it's been a wild ride, and and as Daniel said, we had a lot of uh, we still have a vision for where we see Hollywood Hustle podcast going, uh, more than just a podcast, but a lot of things have been had to pushed into 2021, as I'm sure a lot of you guys understand this year. But over the past few weeks, Daniel and I have been having long conversations over my lunch hour, guessing each other's temperatures, uh, you know, on when does would it feel appropriate to start back and what would be the purpose right now? Because we are recording this over Zoom. We're not recording together as we normally are. So what would the Hollywood hustle be like right now? 
Yeah. And also, you know, getting guests and like, uh, especially new guests and interviewing them this way um, is something we just have to think about and talk about. So I think right now our plan is we're going to do about 10 episodes. This is including this one. Uh, We're actually going to have old guests back on to check in with them. Previous guests like Joel Ward, the magician, uh, Melinda Hell, musician and activist. Uh, We're going to have several people on to talk about what they've been doing during this time, how they've been coping uh, through this insane world that we're living in right now and things that they're doing um, to benefit themselves emotionally, mentally, and maybe financially. And uh, you know, how they've adapted, like Joel Ward's definitely done some stuff. He's a magician. He's a performer. He, his, his livelihood is being in front of people and, and, and performing. So how has he adjusted during this time and how has he continued to move forward? So uh, we're really excited to talk to them about that. And also uh, you know, not to really beat about on the rush, we're going to talk about the election. We're going to talk about to- uh, uh, topics and uh, um, things that are important coming up in this election, uh, topics the candidates will be talking about in their debates um, that they have stuff on their website about. Uh, and it's not to sway you towards one person or another. We're not here to tell you who to vote for. That is your choice. That is your right to choose, but to inform you, to give you the information of not only what is this thing that we're talking about or that they're talking about? What's the background of it? Um, what's the facts about it? But also, uh, how does each, uh, let's say, uh, big candidate, uh, what is their per, uh, view of it? How do they stand? Where's their position? Just so you are informed when you go to the polls on November 3rd or before that, when you mail in that early ballot. You know, I've read some really good things where it says the election's not does not start on November 3rd. The election's already started. You can vote now. Two million you votes are have state, already been cast. Yeah, if you have, you are able to vote now. Vote. You have the early voting rights right now in certain states. I know early voting for us starts. I think next week, like this coming week, we can start early voting here in California. Um, so we're not here to tell you who to vote for. We're just here to give you some background on some important things that are happening, and uh, we we think it's important to use our voice. Uh, to share that information because there is so much false information. I promise you all the information we're going to bring up is either going to be from someone's personal story or we are going to fact check. We're going to find it and make sure it is accurate and not biased. Um, It's just facts. It's just data. And data doesn't have a political position. It's just, it's just what it is. Just like a coronavirus. Um, Just like coronavirus doesn't have a political affiliation. It attacks whoever it attacks. So, uh, if that makes you uncomfortable, if you don't like that, you know what? We totally understand. And you can stop listening when we start talking about that. Um, that is your choice. But we hope you won't. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear your thoughts on these different topics, these uh, really important issues that are happening right now in our country that are you know top, top range issues um, that these candidates have to answer and talk about. So uh, we're excited to hear from you. We're excited to hear about that. Um, Michael, how have you been? I mean, I know you thought you've had this new job and um, I know there's some other stuff we're going to talk about later on in this episode that you you, you and your wife, uh, Anna Karen, have been going through. Um, but how have you been emotionally, mentally? You know, what's been your journey through through this whole quarantine and lockdown and uh, political atmosphere and everything else? <laughs> well, th- first of all, thank you so much, Daniel. And I just want to piggyback a little bit on what you were saying. The show is called Hollywood Hustle. And since episode one, our show has been about 
telling people stories, uh, sharing, giving people advice on how to pursue their dreams, and to have a healthy lifestyle as they're going about that. And I think, you know, we we have not stayed away from important conversations on this show. We uh, talked about Me Too when that started. We we've and we keep going back to that. We've spoken with uh, activists like Melinda Hale and Moon McMillan. And, you know, really tried to use our platform as a as a space for to have productive conversations, positive conversations, um, and to also acknowledge that we hear you, you meaning the listener, that it is important for us to know how you are during this time. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to talk politics because guess what? It's 2020. <laughs> and Nothing could be more important right now. Uh, as far as myself, uh, it's been a really challenging year. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, I am an actor. That is my hustle. And in 2020, that has mostly been forced on the back burner because the entertainment industry shut down. In the beginning of lockdown, I certainly was participating in virtual play readings you know, trying to find any kind of acting opportunities that I could. But then I would all of a sudden get hit with this emotional wall, this just like lethargic energy just like would overcome me. And despite whatever I was trying to do to to be productive and to continue to create art and exercise my passion, I think what I was really missing was just the the interpersonal connection that you have when you're with someone. And as an actor... You know, we feed off of emotion. Uh, so much of human interaction and communication is nonverbal. I, I will not put a specific percentage, but a good portion of our communication is nonverbal. It's what someone's doing with their hands or with their body language. Uh, it's what their facial expressions are doing while you're speaking to one another. And through Zoom, even though right now, Daniel, we have a really good internet connection, there is a space of our brains that is still trying to figure out how is this person reacting. This is truly a miracle right now that we have not cut out because I'm in I, where I am is usually terrible for Zoom calls. So yeah, <laughs> I'm really proud of my Internet right now. Right. And, you know, I've been doing some Zoom virtual readings and literally there would be scenes where it was a dramatic conversation and you're just having to hold because someone else's Internet connection is lagging and it just breaks the pace. And I think like many listeners out there, it's that over that overwhelming question of when will this be over when will i be able to do the things that i love um so that's been hard and then not only that but having gone from a year where i was unemployed for half the year to now i'm the i i have a job which is good but so many of my friends are unemployed and so many people are struggling right now it i feel guilty i have uh, employment guilt, I guess one could call it. It's I, I'm blessed to have a job and be able to still afford to live here in Los Angeles. But, you know, I always have that feeling of like, there's, there's someone else that should have this job. There is, or I, I, I should be with you guys. I should be with, you know, my friends, uh, you know, in this struggle. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I try to, look on the positive side of things, the patients that I work with. Um, it's a very hard job, but there are the days where 
you feel like you actually made a, a very positive impact in someone's life, whether that's just listening to them on the phone and hearing them and understanding and being empathetic uh, to their pain or whatever it is that they're going through and, and doing what you can to help them get the care that they need. That is rewarding. Um, and and so it's it's been this bizarre year where specifically my role in healthcare, uh, there is a national conversation about it, right? Uh, we saw, especially during lockdown, uh, people doing amazing things and to say thank you to healthcare workers. Uh, my wife and I, she works as a pharmacy clerk. So we both work in the medical field. We both haven't been able to uh, really take time off, um, haven't been able to see uh, a lot of our friends. I mean, my family lives in Northern California, been blessed to be able to see them uh, a couple times. But when I do so, it's I'm making sure I'm getting tested for coronavirus and taking proper precautions and stuff. But, you know, and also we still haven't had a uh, a honeymoon yet. We've been married for almost a year, actually, like in 20 days, it'll be our one year anniversary. So it's a lot of fighting against what you expected this year to be accepting it and 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 not and trying not to apply any amount of like emotion like you should feel guilty or you should uh you're less than if you haven't done x it's just accepting what it is and thinking about what can i do to move forward um you know there's there's so many issues that i know you and i are about to to touch on even more but daniel how how have you been how have you, angie and nolan and everett been cuz uh, right when we went off air, Everett was just a couple months old, right? And uh, Nolan was doing well in school. And then now you guys have been having to deal. With... <laughs> well, he was he was doing good. He was doing good. Uh, <laughs> he was he was doing oh in school. Yes, because he was still in school. Yes, yeah, he was actually in the classroom. Yeah. But you but so as yeah, a parent, though, like, you know, I, I, I don't have kids, so I don't know that pressure. But how has it been for you? Um during this time uh, as a, as a father, as a, you know, as a screenwriter, as a creative, as a husband, like how, how has that been for, for you guys? Well, I, you know, I'll say one thing, you know, Mike, you mentioned a lot of the stuff you mentioned of how think ways you felt were definitely the same with me. This, like uh, there was times where I would get lethargic and just feel like, what's the point? Like the world's shut down. Everything's broken. <laughs> like, what's the point? Um, I, you know, when we last left, yeah, I, uh, I just had a new baby who was about two months old. Her birth, first birthday will be a day before Michael's one year anniversary because she was <laughs> born the day before Michael's wedding. And Daniel was, um, uh, you know, our officiant and was probably <laughs> very tired <laughs> that day. Yeah. Uh, or maybe two days, maybe two days before, I believe. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, I was working at Stars Entertainment as an assistant there, and it was just kind of like that entry dream job and weren't working for. Um, and then this happened, and they shut down the offices, and I I was actually I lost my position there due to that because my part of my position was I had to be in the office with a supervisor, and I could not work from home in that position, um, and so they let me go. Um, luckily, WB, who I also worked for as a tour guide, still kept us on for. Uh, at least on the payroll for about two months, which was incredibly kind of them. And that is Warner Brothers Studios. Warner Brothers, yeah, Warner Brothers Studios. They were very kind and kept us on for about two months on the payroll. Um, we did some like small like 
things remotely to kind of, I guess, to earn it, like some lessons and stuff like that. But for the most part, they just, they paid us not to work. And that was very kind of them. Um, but it's been really tough dealing with unemployment. I know, you know, millions of people are dealing with that right now and the struggles of getting your money, um, the struggles of making sure you have what you need um, and you're able to afford what you need. And that's that's been a, a stressor for us and, and uh, been really hard. And the first the end of the year last year, my uh, Nolan, who is five, almost six, really has struggled with the home learning aspect and the Zoom calls and. Uh, just really had a hard time with it. And he's they five years are more old, right? He's five. He'll be six next month. Um, but this, the, they're, they've definitely been, they're better now. They're more prepared because it's not obviously so sudden that they have to close anything. Um, so he's been doing a lot better now than he was. Thank goodness. Um, he's a little more active and into it and participating. Uh, so I'm really proud of him with that. Um, and I, you know, I was really depressed after I lost my job. Um, it was something I'd worked for for seven years to kind of get my foot in the door. Um, and even though it was kind of a contract position, I wasn't a full-time employee there yet. It was kind of a put punch in the gut that it was gone just out of nowhere. And um, with no idea of when it would be back. And it's hard enough already to get a job in this industry and to find a spot like that where I was in TV and I was in development of original TV stuff. And that was, Really exciting. And so I've definitely gone through a lot of up and down depression over the last few months. I, I found myself being agitated very quickly. I found myself being angry a lot um, and sometimes taking it out on Nolan, not in a physical way, but just getting uh, quicker to get angry with him uh, over things or frustrated with him. Um, I found myself not not motivated to write, not motivated to work, not motivated to just get off the couch. I was so it was just like it just f everything it was it was just really stressful and along with the political climate and everything else i finally started taking a little more space away from social media uh, which helped a lot uh getting a little bit of uh not just being inundated constantly with political and different news sources that were going through um and then finally i i kind of told myself i need to find something i need to find something uh to use my brain and be creative. And I, I started doing a little bit of writing. I've started journaling every morning. Um, and I've started uh, working on kind of a, my own little venture uh, that uh, Michael and some other people are going to be jumping on as well. That's just helped me fill the time and feel like I have a purpose. Cause that's been the hardest thing is like, that's what I love about having a job. You wake up with a purpose, you go to a place with a purpose and not really having that and kind of feeling like my only job is to be my kid's play buddy has been really tough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, uh, kind of finally kind of pushing myself out of it and forcing myself to start using my brain and start building stuff, um, has really helped my attitude. My attitude has definitely changed. Um, I've also started so- talking to someone. I'm seeing a kind of a therapist remotely. Um, which has started really helping me and just really finding ways to deal with this frustration and this stress and this, um, a little bit of depression, anxiety from money and everything else that's kind of happening right now. And hopefully it'll turn around soon. Hopefully things will happen. Hopefully we'll get the help we need, the help that uh, other families need, um, soon, but you know, who knows? Uh, but it's definitely been very similar in a lot of ways with yours, Michael, just that feeling of kind of helplessness and 
luckily, you know, me and you and Kate and Eric have kind of done some movie nights uh, every every few weekends, which mm-hmm. has been really helpful. And I've loved just chatting with you guys. Me and you have chatted because um, I think we me and you went for a, almost two months probably without really talking on the phone with each other for a little bit when this all started, just because yeah. you would just you were busy with your job and I was dealing with Nolan's schooling and working that out. Um, so there definitely went a little bit where me and you really didn't talk much Yeah, uh, for a little bit. Yeah, it was it was such I, it, it's a once in a century moment that we're in right now. And I think besides COVID-19, what this year has really uh, shown is that there is a mental health crisis going on as well. And this uh, moment has really uh, triggered that even more. And I'm also seeing a therapist. Uh, so is Anna Karen. Um, and, and also just having those conversations, whether it's with your friend or with your partner or with your family and, and just we're all having those conversations right now of, you know, I don't know what there is to do. I don't like, when will this end and stuff? And fortunately, you know, I'm so glad that you're, you finally been able to connect with someone and that you can start getting that therapy because it is so necessary to have that person that can help guide you, uh, you know, with, with professional guidance, uh, during this time. And yeah, that was really hard, uh, when we went into lockdown because, uh, there was stuff that happened at work, but essentially I became the interim practice manager for a couple months. And I was put in this position that I didn't think I could rise to meet the occasion. And I, but I had to. And unfortunately, part of that led to me losing communication. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that was really tough. And then also, uh, you know, we live in Los Angeles, but this, of course, happened throughout the country and reactions throughout the world. But of course, the the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, um, you know, the shooting of Jacob Blake. It, not only have we been dealing with a health pandemic, but we've also, as a country, been reacting to the social injustices that are long ingrained in our country Uh and this year has also been a breaking point and a moment to also have those conversations. You know, we didn't really we didn't really say much on our official um, social medias. We didn't we, we I posted a little bit later about it on, on our Instagram, the Hollywood Hustle podcast Instagram. But, um, you know, for those that maybe follow us, uh, Michael and I on our personal Instagrams uh, and our personal Twitters, uh, Michael and I have definitely been uh, um, supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and the push for uh, so, uh, justice reform and uh, police reform and police defunding. And uh, we'll talk about that on another episode. And what, what does defunding mean? Mm-hmm. What is what, it, what are people saying they want when they say police defunding? Because I think that's definitely something people take a little too on the nose. Uh, but I want everybody to know that Michael and I have, uh, do very much support the Black Lives Matter movement. We support those uh, who are struggling with this time, uh, 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 black men and women who um, are pushing and screaming for change and screaming to be heard um, and screaming for justice. Uh, against a system that just wants to tell them to continually to shut up and deal with it. 
Um, and that's not happening anymore. No. And it's going to keep getting louder and louder and louder until something breaks and something happens. Yeah. So uh, just know we do support the, uh, those movements and we are uh, learning ourselves. Uh, we have definitely taken the time to educate ourselves on policies in America that uh, seem like they're there to help all, but they're actually focused to hurt others more. Um, and the inequalities in our justice system and, and things like that. So we've been working to educate ourselves and we don't say this for a pat on the back. We don't say this for people to say like, you guys are great. Um, we just want, we want it known. We, we stand by you and we're here, uh, to be leaders and activists for help with you, um, and to help try to get a change made. Uh, mm -hmm. cause that is incredibly important. Um, also, you know, recently we, I, I think we want to just give out a, a shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Notorious who sadly RBG. passed away recently. Uh, absolutely. Um, again, another issue uh, that's kind of happening right now, which we'll talk about at another time. Uh, but I think you cannot go without acknowledging the strides and impact that she left and she made on um, this country and uh, its laws and the way it works, especially for women. Um you know, before RGV, uh, women could not, you know, get a bank loan without a husband's signature, could not buy a house without a husband's signature. Um, there was a lot of stuff that she changed for the better and pushed and strived for. And she broke a lot of walls down and doors down. Um, and it's truly an inspiration to, to, to many women. And by, as you could see from videos of people who flew all the way in the middle of a pandemic to honor her former clerks of hers and the stories you heard from them uh, were truly impactful. Um, and the person that she was, she was larger than life and it was unfair for her to hold so much on her own shoulders. Um, and it was unfortunate that it had to be that way in a lot in, in, in an instance, but uh, we just wanted to recognize her and the, uh, what she's left behind the mark she's left. You know, one of the things that you get, you hear all the time are people who, are on different sides going, well, well they did this. So why, what they do this. So that doesn't that contradict their opinion on COVID they're doing this, they're gathering together. Um, the protests yeah. and things like that you hear all the time, like, Oh, but first scientific facts have shown that the protests did not cause any sort of super spread event did not cause a huge spike in COVID infections. Um, but some things are worth the risk. Yes. And, and, and I, I can speak, yeah, I can speak to that and that Anna, Karen and I, we have attended Black Lives Matter uh, protests here in Los Angeles. And I will say that it was by far one of the most uh, positive uh, organized experiences I've been to. There were volunteers there just, you know, with tons of hand sanitizer, making sure to go around to everyone, making sure everyone was sanitizing their hands and making sure everyone was wearing their masks correctly pinched on your nose people don't wear chin diapers but have it fully covering your nose over and your nose yes yes and you know everyone of course you can't necessarily keep social distancing in protests but i think daniel you're right when uh certain uh causes of injustice are occurring uh it is worth that risk and um this year has just expose a lot of injustices uh, in this system, even as far as how justices will be nominated 
and uh, how that uh, process will be treated and the hypocrisy of it. That will be for another episode, I'm sure. But I, I work in the healthcare industry. All of these protests are happening outside. People are wearing masks. The, the, the biggest risk of COVID-19 exposure is being indoors with poor air circulation and not social distancing. So uh, all of the events that I've been to have been positive. I always make sure that I have a COVID-19 test afterwards to make sure I'm clear. But um, yeah, this this moment has just been so much. And then even to add on to that, though, uh, also the injustices that we've been finding out in uh, migrant detention centers, uh, the government forcing uh, hysterectomies on immigrant women and stuff. It's just this year has just shown how much change is needed and it it is very easy to post on social media uh that you're angry and we hear you and we're we're with you there as well but this year is also called for action and that is one of the reasons why Daniel and I wanted to come back and use what platform we have to to spotlight some key voices and to discuss the issues so that you guys uh can get a window and and also, just for for us as a country to just start having that conversation to reach an understanding, and you know, I want to say this because uh, I know there's going to be people who listen to this, and maybe there won't be. Maybe we don't have any of those listeners, but there may be people who listen. They go, "Oh, they support Black Lives Matter. Uh, all lives matter. I can't, I can't, I can't listen to you anymore." And you know what? That's fine. That's your choice. I'm not going to stop you, and I'm not going to honestly. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to listen, listen. That's your choice. We have there's a thousand other podcasts you can listen to. Yeah. Um, but I will say this on the other side, and I, and I because I think it's 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 fair is that I've had friends who have had fathers who and 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 mothers who were police officers. Um, I have had interactions with several police officers, some uh, <laughs> in good ways, some uh, in my car being pulled over. Uh, but uh, and so I will say, yes, there are good police officers out there, and there are kind police officers out there, and considerate police officers out there. Uh, and I think people take this as an attack against each individual police officer. And it is not an attack against them. It is an accountability against them. If you are a good police officer who sees, who sees bad things and you do not report it, you do not push for it. You let it sit there and happen. You let jokes fly around in the, uh, in the police department, in the locker room that maybe make you a little ill when you hear them. Yes, I understand there's a brotherhood in policing and there's this, you know, unspoken, you know, don't narc on your fellow officers, but at some point you have to take a stand and that is what we're talking about. Well, if you are a good police officer and you don't you 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 respect everyone equally and you are not quick to pull your weapon and you are a de-escalator before you instigate any type of violence then that's not you're not who we're speaking about but we're also there also needs to be accountability from within inside the system for these actions and for the actions of others because you know you know I always, they always say like the child is the reflection of the parents how they've raised them right so every police officer is a reflection of the system that taught them, that raised them. Um, and, you know, they say there's a couple of bad apples. So the, a couple of bad apples shouldn't ruin the bunch. But it does. Yeah. Because if I 
take one bad apple out of a bunch, I'm going to be real suspicious of the rest of those apples. I'm going to check every single one of those apples before I take a bite. Yeah. And, and so it, it, yeah, it's just, it, I've known good police officers. There are good people out there who are police officers and they may be good people, but when it comes to the job and the justice, there has to be a change in how people are trained. There needs to be a change in how, in the type of calls they get. The Dallas sheriff even said, we do too much. We are required to do everything that should not be in our scope Mm -hmm. because we are not trained for it. We are not prepared for it. And again, we'll get into this in another episode deeper, but I just want to say that there is, I do see that other side. There are good cops out of there. Of course. But, but that's not, this is not an attack on the individual. Yeah. It, and just a case and example, George Floyd. One officer had his knee on his neck for over eight minutes and three other officers stood by and did nothing. That's what needs to change. If something like that happens, I hope if you're a police officer that's listening, I hope you're the one that stops that from happening. There are, we can be better. We as a country need to be better so that we can move forward. And so that we as a nation can actually live up to the ideals for which we were founded. Absolutely. And um, one of the people we're going to be having on, uh, with along with Melinda Hell, as you know, she's like you said, she's an activist, a musician, um, is a gentleman. Uh, I don't have his last name oh, down, but uh, Drexel Hurd. He, <laughs> yeah, Drexel Hurd. Mm-hmm. I have his first name, but I didn't put his last name, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Drexel. Um, but he is the vice president of the uh, local Democrats here, I believe, the, right? Yes. Uh, the Democrat Club, I believe. Um, and uh, Los Angeles Democrats. Yes, Los Angeles. And Democrats. we're going to have him on to discuss issues. Some of it's going to be local. So you will we'll try to maybe put some time codes in there so you know exactly where those are. So if it does not pertain to you or you're not interested in our local measures here, that's totally understandable. You can skip that. Um, but we're going to talk about local campaigns, local measures here in L.A. Um, and national things happening. And just to get someone who's maybe a little more on the inside and has a little more information that can share about those campaigns, those measures, um, and where the stances are on those. So we're going to have him on to discuss those things um, and probably discuss a little more of uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and police reform later on. But in this episode, uh, I wanted to talk about a topic that's kind of in the that's been in the national news for a while, especially since Donald Trump took the presidency. Uh, and that affects one of our own uh, and his wife, Michael Lutheran. Um, and that's DACA. Uh, DACA is something you've probably heard more than you've ever thought you would hear. You'd heard it probably just sounds like someone saying a, a just gibberish now because mm-hmm. it's been said so much. Daca, daca. Um, and uh, before we get started in talking about like Michael's story and his wife's story, uh, more his wife's story, and then how it's kind of affected Michael and them together, um, I just wanted to share some facts, if you don't mind, yes, uh, about DACA, uh, just in case, because I think, you know, I didn't know much about what that actually was. So, first of all, you've heard the phrase DACA, but what is DACA? So DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, uh, In layman's terms, if someone at a young age was brought to this country illegally by their parent, um, they are allowed certain statuses 
uh, and exemptions because of that, because they came here against their will. They did not have a choice in coming here. Um, and Anna Karen, Michael's wife, is one of those uh, one of those people. She was brought here at a young age and um, grew up here and truly felt believed all her life. She was an American. She was an American citizen, and she still feels that way. Yes. Um, and so, uh, one, uh, this was this was act, uh, enacted by President Barack Obama uh, on June fifteenth, uh, twenty twelve. Uh, to qualify for DACA, applicants must meet a list of requirements, including have uh, uh, by having unlawful president in the United States after entering the country before their sixteenth birthday. Uh, they have to have lived in the United States since at least since June fifteenth, two thousand seven. Um, they have to be under the age of 31 on June 15th, 2012. Uh, they have to be physically present in the United States on June 15th, 2012. And at the time, uh, at making of making their request to be uh, considered for DACA, um, they have had to have no lawful status, uh, as of June 15th, 2012, they have to have completed a high school or a GED and have, or have been uh, honorably discharged from the armed forces or in, they are actively enrolled in school. Um, and they have not been convicted of any felony or serious misdemeanors or have three or more other misdemeanors um, and must not also pose a threat to national security and public safety. Uh, research has shown that DACA increased the wages and labor force participation of DACA eligible immigrants and reduced the number of undocumented immigrant households living in poverty. Uh, studies have also shown that DACA increased the mental health outcomes for DACA eligible immigrants and their children. There are no known major ad adverse impacts from DACA on native born workers employment. Let me repeat that. There are no known major adverse, that means bad, uh, impacts from DACA on native-born, American-born workers' employment. That means they are not taking your jobs. They are not hurting your chance to get employed. That is what that means. And most economists say that DACA benefits the U.S. economy over hurting it. Uh, according to factcheck.org, there is no evidence that DACA holders are more likely to commit crimes than U.S. citizens. They also noted that numerous studies have found that immigrants do not commit crimes at a higher rate than non-immigrants. It's pretty much equal. Uh, now, again, we'll get to Michael. I just want to give these facts. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think it's actually, you know what? Let's actually go to you and I'll talk. I just have one more section, but we'll do that after your story. Certainly. Um, after Michael kind of talks about where he's coming from and Anna's coming from, um, I'm just going to share uh, a few of the candidates uh, views on DACA so sure. everybody can get to understand what their stance is. But uh, so, Michael, go ahead and talk about uh, Anna Karen and you guys and what she's gone through and what you've gone through together Certainly. as a couple. Thank you. So thank you so much for providing that context. I think it's really important. I, I just want to add a little bit more. And that is that Absolutely. Uh, DACA was created as a e presidential executive order by Barack Obama because Congress. It was an expansion of the Dreamers Act, right? It, it, or was it Dreamers Act? The they, Dreamers, they would not vote in the Dreamers correct. Act. Correct. So the Dream, there is a standing bill in Congress for the Dreamers Act uh, that has been stymied because of uh, partisan po politics. Uh, Dreamers are largely, though, when voting's not uh, being included, it has overwhelming bipartisan support in Congress. Uh, however, because Barack Obama was president, uh, the Republican-controlled Congress did not want to work with him on immigration reform. So he did what limited uh, uh, powers that he could to enact some level of change. And so DACA is that. 
I met Anna Karen about six months into my time living in Los Angeles, and I immediately fell in love with her. I found out about her status, you know, after we had been together for quite some time. And yeah, she did not know that she was undocumented until she was in about middle school. And she was raised by a single mother who worked four jobs to keep a roof over her and her brother's head. And ever since she found out, it was for her, it was this identity crisis because she always felt that she was an American. She did remember coming from Mexico when she was very young. Um, But the majority of her memory is just being an American in this country. And immediately that that knowledge just completely impacted her life and her how she felt she could pursue certain opportunities. She was planning on going to college before, but by being undocumented, that took away her eligibility for a lot of financial aid uh, from the government. Unfortunately, she couldn't pursue higher education uh, for like a college degree. So, but she has continued to work hard and to, she pays her taxes. She, uh, you know, we have health insurance. I have to pay uh, because of recent changes with the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, the Affordable Care Act made by the Trump administration. DACA recipients can are no longer eligible for federal subsidies to make health care more affordable. So as a result, we now have to pay the full cost of health care. But ever since Barack Obama created that program, uh, Anna Karen has been applying for it. Now, what a lot of Americans, me included, uh, do not know is that DACA is not you get approved and then you're good for life. It is just a two-year work authorization. You do not get citizenship from it. Uh, It is basically the federal government is telling the recipient that we are aware that you're undocumented, you're an illegal immigrant, but we're allowing you to work legally in our country and you can only and you have this work authorization for 2 years so every 2 years since she was a teenager essentially she has been getting daca authorization now this costs a lot of money because uh i i know some people who are daca recipients and they submit paperwork themselves even then there is a government fee of about just over $500 to process that application, $500 or $800. Um, But if you want to make sure that you're submitting the correct paperwork and you you then have to go through the legal route and that comes with legal fees and things like that. So it's an expensive burden to take on. And at the end of the day, you're still not here permanently. You're still considered illegal, even though you're paying taxes, you're contributing to the uh, society we have been, you know, this this has really been a burden for her, and then for me as her, her now now her husband. It's been something I've been trying my best uh, to help her with. Uh, something many Americans also don't know is just because you get married doesn't make you an automatic citizen, nor are you given automatic uh, permanent residency. This has been something that me and Anna Karen have been having to work through over the past year of being married. She decided to take on my last name. However, that actually caused a glitch in the federal government system, immigration and customs, because on her DACA card, her last name is Ranhell. But now, legally, her name had changed 
to last name Lutheran. So now we're having to uh, go back and forth with the federal government uh, to allow her to get her DACA reauthorization. Fortunately, we just got that approved. Uh, She had submitted for this back in July, right after the Supreme Court had basically ruled that DACA as it currently exists now is constitutional. The way the Trump administration had gone about trying to end the program was unconstitutional based on a process uh, procedure. Um, so they were the court had ordered the admit this current administration to restore DACA to its uh, 2017 levels as far as taking in recipients, processing. Uh, they have continued to not process new requests. If you go to USCIS.org right now, you will see that uh, even though they've been court ordered, the department states that they will not be taking on new applicants uh, and only processing for renewals. And for a long time, at least on our end, from what I was hearing in the media, uh, there was talk that they were only going to extend renewals for one year because, as we know, if Trump gets reelected, uh, he is planning on ending the DACA program to fulfill his campaign promise. That was extremely stressful. There's been many times where I've had nightmares of coming home and, fu- and not finding Karen to find out that ICE had come in and, uh, you know, for a raid to take her away and stuff. But fortunately, um, just a couple weeks ago, we did get her DACA renewal uh, in the mail. So she and for a full two year term, which is good. Uh, we also are still waiting for the federal government to respond to my petition. Uh, so we're now going through the process of trying to get her to be a permanent resident. This is a multi phase process. We're in phase one where I am petitioning to show I am her husband and that she is my wife and that she should be here legally. I Submitted that application in March. Uh, I we are working through an immigration attorney for this. Already spent a good amount of money on this, and we are still awaiting for that to get processed. Uh, because uh, the the that department USCIS is not wanting to uh, work properly right now, uh, given the times, given social distancing. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they're taking a very long time in processing this request. So uh, it is a it is a burden. It it is something that we uh, this this experience has shown me how ignorant I was as an American of what it takes to become an American. I did nothing to uh, be born an American citizen. Just fortunate to have been born to my parents to this and to be a citizen of this country, but I did nothing for it. Anna Karen has worked her whole entire life, and she keeps showing up, and she keeps helping, and she keeps contributing to the system, not only as a taxpayer, but being a pharmacy clerk during uh, a health pandemic. Uh, Dreamers, uh, which is the term for DACA recipients, Dreamers uh, consist of about 70 uh, or to 90,000 healthcare workers, and Trump was trying to end the DACA program in the middle of a health pandemic. So had the Supreme Court uh, ruled that the program was unconstitutional, 90,000 healthcare workers would have all of a sudden been unable to work uh, in the system. Think about that. 90,000 people not being able to work in a health pandemic. Many things that we've had in this conversation this year has shown all of the injustices that unfortunately exist 
and or that our con- country has continually perpetuated uh, for years. And uh, I'm hopeful that depending on who gets elected, a more permanent and positive change uh, can be made because I don't think that the DACA program is the be-all, end-all, perfect immigration uh, fix. It's not. It's not, and nor was it ever supposed to be perfect. It was just a temporary fix for a long-standing problem. Uh, but I'm so sorry, Daniel. I know uh, you have more information that you want to say, but uh, oh no, yeah, I I am um I'm I'm, I'm um. Man, I can't even speak. Um, I never really thought about it as well. And you talked about how this is kind of showing your the 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 struggle with the immigration system, and it kind of opened your eyes um, a lot dealing with it personally. And um, I'm like almost in tears. Um, you know, you being—I mean, a brother to me—it's um, hard to think that at any point you could come home. I didn't expect this. I'm so sorry. Um, and your wife could be gone. <sighs> yeah. 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 Um, and the fact, like when you said you have nightmares about that, I can't, I, I can't even, I can't relate to that. I can't understand that on an equal level, but as your friend, um, that's really, that's so hard to hear. Um, Thank you, brother. That that means a lot. I know just from things that we've talked about um, and just hearing from you, your journey by journey points that you guys have gone through, not only with DACA, but with her um, official status in this country um, has been eye opening and it's been educational and it's been frustrating. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you some questions if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, please. Um, You kind of one thing you already kind of talked about. A- A.K. Anna Karen does pay taxes. Yes. Right. Yes. She pays her taxes. Yes. She is not feeding off the system. She is not uh, uh, just someone uh, mooching the system. She pays her taxes. She is employed. She has gone to school uh, and gotten her diploma. Um, she is a creator. She's a model like she works. Yes. Like she puts she's not just sitting on her couch trying just to take from the American system. No, she is the hardest she working person I know. She is always trying to find ways to uh, find something new to work on, to uh, ch- pursue the American dream, right? The the idea of being an entrepreneur and creating something that will be of benefit to the country, but to also find that individual success. And uh, just a shout out, she just started a YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, let's, let's, just, let's plug that <laughs> let's, real quick. Uh, it's Crimson Virgo. Yeah. Is at, that correct? Uh, at uh, Crimson underscore Virgo. Uh, Crimson underscore Virgo. It's on Instagram. And, and you can see it's on tw- and on in YouTube. Yeah. Check it out. She's, she does a lot. Of, she's going to be doing a lot of DIY stuff. Her first video was about taking a dress and making it a completely different outfit, mm-hmm. which was um, incredibly cool. So definitely check it out. Just want to give her a little <laughs> shout out on her YouTube yeah. channel. Thank um, you. So if you're comfortable sharing this, mm-hmm. you can ballpark it. It doesn't obviously have to be exact. If you have it exact, that's impressive. Sure. Um, how much do you think over, you know, how many years Anna Karen and you and then on you you as well have spent uh, basically her renewing her DACA? Gosh, I mean, I would say easily over $5,000 or so. And yeah. I mean, she... How much have you spent? And, and I'll just say how working much have, on oh, for like minimum wage. 
or just above. And how much have you guys spent and she spent uh, pursuing citizenship? Uh, Currently, since we've been married, uh, almost two thousand dollars. And that's just going to be more. And and it's yeah. So we're in phase one of about three Mm -hmm. phases. So uh, the next stage, Mm -hmm. once this petition can be approved, is uh, our parents and our close friends uh, and Mm -hmm. including us will have to be interrogated by immigration and customs uh, right. to make sure your relationship to make sure that our relationship is legit, that we're not just posing uh, as a married couple, mm-hmm. that this isn't just like, Hey, um, sure. We're just friends. I'm, and we're just going to get married for me to help you. You know, I wonder as much as social media sucks sometimes, I wonder if that's been beneficial in that phase more now because you can go back you know, with time-stamped photos for you know however long of y'all's relationship. You know oh, what I mean? absolutely, yeah. Um, because if you didn't have social media, uh, you'd be reliant on f- printed photos, um, receipts mm-hmm. of places that you went together. Uh, you'd have to find more documentation of, as far as you both the two plane of you. tickets. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then, wow. um, I didn't even think about it till now. Like social media must be a, just a game changer to like, just help with just f- following someone's relationship. Exactly. And, and so, but the idea that like potentially, you know, sometime in the near future, you will have to be asked about to, to validate, um, or authenticate Bring it. mine and Anna Karen's <laughs> relationship is crazy because this is something that you and Angie, haven't had to do. This is something that my parents nope. never had to do. My mom's a British citizen. My dad's an American citizen. This is just a uniquely um, applied situation for people from certain countries. Um, and then phase three, mm-hmm. the final phase, once we get through that, uh, and all of these phases include additional federal government and legal fees. Um, the final stage would be for us to go outside the country, go to Mexico, where Karen was originally from, uh, and go to the state of Juarez, which is actually the one of the most dangerous uh, states within Mexico. It's where a lot of the cartels are. And then we have to meet with a uh, U.S. Uh, immigration agent, uh, or rather Karen does. The meeting can be as brief as 15 minutes, uh, but basically it all comes down to that individual deciding, looking at Karen's history, she has no felons, she has like we have said many times, she pays her taxes. She had done all the things that you and I and many citizens of this country do every day. But mm-hmm. in that one interview is going to be the deciding factor of whether or not she's allowed back into the country. And so. And I know you guys have talked about where like something about like you guys would have to live in Mexico for a year, possibly, or um, leave uh, um, like li- just leave the country for a certain amount of time. Correct? Yeah. So for that phase. I think we'd have to be down for about two weeks because basically you're given a time frame mm. of when the meeting would be and you just have to be there. Uh, but mm. if she were denied uh, to come back to the country uh, legally, this country likes to punish uh, the immig- immigrants who have, were brought here for through no fault of their own. Uh but they basically have to serve a sentence to live outside of the country. That could be a year. That could be three years. That could be 10 years. It could be however long the, uh, the federal government, uh, deems is, uh, adequate for your crime. Mm. Uh, so me and Karen have had to have the conversations of if this were to happen, our lives here in 
the United States would basically we everything would be have to be put on hold. Uh, I would probably leave Hollywood Hustle podcast for a while. I would no longer be pursuing acting, at least for the time being. We would either live in Mexico, uh, where she has family, um, or we've also discussed the possibility of living in England, where I have extended family. You know, I would probably have more easier time to pursue acting opportunities in England, but it's also just as expensive. Um, and then even after that, if, if we get through that interview and the agent says that she can come back legally and we're back, uh, she's only then deemed a permanent, uh, a permanent resident, which gives her the ability to travel and do all the things that, um, a lot of us can do as citizens, but she can't vote. She's not a citizen. She's just a permanent resident. And so. And then she would work towards American citizenship. And then she would work towards American citizenship. Wow. Uh, So for those who have heard um, certain people say that this is easy and people just come in and they become citizens and it's super easy. It's not. It is quite difficult to become a uh, American citizen. There's a lot of rigorous things you have to go through. You have your life is completely torn through and investigated. Um, it is not as easy as going in and just signing a Costco membership card and becoming an American citizen. Yeah. It takes a lot, um, and it's even harder for those who were brought here uh, again, like Michael said, under no fault of their own, illegally and raised here. Um, as American, uh, for them as American citizens, yeah. um, and and it and, and it costs so much money, and mm-hmm. you know, I again, I did nothing to be born to the, uh, in this country for, uh, to be a, considered a citizen of this country, and the financial burden immigrants have to take in order to just live here, it makes me feel dumbfounded that like we as Americans don't have to do anything, we don't have to do anything to have our citizenship. And yet, um, you know, immigrants that come to this country oftentimes are coming of lesser financial means to force them to continue to pay all of these fees and everything uh, just further creates a certain economic class that they cannot then break out of. And, and, and you know, you're going to have people say, well, if they want it so badly, they'll figure out a way. You know, you're going to have people that like that you have to work for it. Yeah. But you didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to work to be American says I was born here. So it, it's frustrating because you hear all the time. Also, like if you marry an American citizen, boom, you can become an American citizen. And the fact that that's not the case, it's it's simplified. It's oversimplified. It's oversimplified. Um, and again, maybe if you're born from a different country or, or if you're coming from a different country, that the federal government has maybe a more positive uh attitude towards maybe it's easier maybe it for that i cannot speak to um but i am uh, my wife is mexican so i can speak to that uh specific experience yeah. uh man our first zoom and it's bawling over here uh <laughs> man i i'm 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 sorry um that you have to go through this but at the same time, and I say this very low key, like I'm grateful because I think it's educated you, it's educated me, and it gives us an opportunity to educate others. Yeah. And so I think there is a, a, some sort of bright spot there. And, you know, I'm here for you guys. Uh, it, I mean, I'll bust into an office and tell them what they need to hear. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. Like, tell them to call me now. I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, I did want to point out a few more facts real mm-hmm. quick. Um, as of September 4th, 2017, there were 689 
DACA uh, recipients. Uh, the total number who were have who have ever been approved for DACA since 2012 is 798,980. So that's how many just overall DACA recipients there have been. Now that's approved. That doesn't even mean how many actually were denied, uh, uh, submitted, and were denied. And um, there's a scale that I've seen where that start that ends in 2016, but you can see the especially in 2016 the approval amount dropped dramatically yeah. of how many were approved for DACA in 2016. Um, so uh, also, I just want to point out a few things about uh, some of these candidates. Uh, this is not every candidate on the ballot. This is, I think, four candidates, uh, uh, mainly the four major parties, the Independent Party, the Green Party, Democratic and Republican Party. Um, so here's Joe Biden's view on the Democratic nominee uh, for president, his view on um uh, DACA, uh, according to his website. As Vice President Biden championed the creation and expansion of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA program, the Deferred Action for Parents of Americans, DAPA program, the Central American Minors program, which allowed parents with legal status in the U.S. to apply to bring their children up fr- from Central America to live with them, and the creation of a White House task force to support new Americans and help them integrate into their new homes and communities. Uh, and pretty much from what I've read, he still obviously supports DACA. He wants to overturn a lot of stuff that Trump has done and he wants to make DACA stronger. Yeah. Um, his, that is something I know about his, his platform. I know within the first hundred days, he's wanting to do more, uh, to try and, uh, legitimize the DACA program as legislature so that it is no longer an executive order, uh, that, Unfortunately, executive orders, as we've learned through this administration, uh, a president can just end a program uh, as as one would. Whereas if you make it actual law, uh, it becomes a permanent fixture of our system. Um, Howie Hawkins, who is the Green Party candidate, uh, his campaign website says the federal government should end its defense in court of Trump's executive order attempting to end the DACA program. The federal government should start properly administering the program. So he is very supportive of the program um, and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate, uh, her website says children of illegal immigrants should be granted legal citizens, legal citizenship if they were born in the United States. Her website also says that legal illegal immigrants should not be offered in-state tuition rates at public colleges. Um, that's another thing that's kind of goes along with DACA is should they get in-state tuition or out-of-state tuition charges mm-hmm. uh, for where they are. That's another kind of piece of this uh, that goes along. And then the Republican candidate, Donald Trump, the incumbent. Uh, Donald Trump's campaign website says that under President Trump's leadership, the Department of Homeland Security took action to wind down DACA uh, in order in an orderly fashion following the assessment of the Department of Justice that DACA lacks legal authorization. The action gives Congress the opportunity to consider appropriate le- legislative solutions as required by our Constitution. Trump also tweeted about DACA, totally illegal document that would actually give the president new powers that was his quote in his tweet um obviously as michael mentioned recently trump took daca to the supreme court um and they ruled in favor of daca uh, saying that it is not an unconstitutional document um and that it did not keep him from finding other ways to dismantle it but it did basically let it stay for a, it gave it a temporary stay uh to let to and that and then recently they've been forced to reopen uh because after that they stopped accepting applications and processing applications uh but since then a judge has forced them to start Mm -hmm. processing at least renewals uh once exactly and and again uh the supreme court's ruling 
Uh, it wasn't that Trump doesn't have the authorization to end the program, but it, the way he tried to go about it, uh, the Supreme Court, and, and this is my interpretation of it, but the Supreme Court basically said, you went about this the wrong way. We're not saying that you know, you have to keep this program installed until you have something else to bring us. So, mm-hmm. um, and so lastly, I wanted to present, cause this kind of goes with it. I wanted to present each candidate's, uh, view on immigration, mm-hmm. their stance on immigration. Uh, Joe Biden's campaign website says he will adopt some of the following immigration and for immigrate immigration enforcement policies in his first hundred days in office, immediately reverse the Trump administration's cruel and census policies that separates parents from their children at the border. He will end Trump's detrimental asylum policies. Uh, He will end the mismanagement of the asylum asylum system, which fuels violence and chaos at the border. He will surge humanitarian resources to the border and foster public-private initiatives in prolonged detention and reinvest in a case management program. He will reverse Trump's public charge rule in the so-called national emergency that siphons federal dollars from the Department of Defense to build a wall. He will protect dreamers and their families, order immediate review of temporary protected status, for vulnerable populations who cannot find safety in their countries ripped apart by violence or disaster. Um, so pretty much he's going to come in and basically not make it easier. That's what they're going to tell you. He's going to make it easier for people to swarm in. You hear a lot. Democrats want open borders. They want just people to be able to walk in and become citizens. He's not doing that. He's just going to redo, readjust the asylum system so that we will be a home, a safe space for people who are looking for asylum because if they go home, they'll be killed. And that has happened with these deportations, these mass deportations. People have been sent home who were here because they would be killed in their home country. Mm-hmm. And that has happened. Yeah. Um, Howie Hawkins, the Green candidate, says the inhumanity of the U.S. immigration policy came to broad public attention in 2018 with the news coverage of forced separations of young children. Uh, he basically talks about how he does not approve of the separation policies. Um, he will demand open borders where movement between nations is free, like it is in the European Union. International borders should be authentic, fair trade zones where people are free to travel across borders for work, shopping, or recreation. The status of undocumented immigrants should be legalized and provide a timely path to citizenship. People crossing international borders would be required to present their identification at a border crossing. Only people wanted for criminal charges or terrorist organization affiliation would be detained. People who cross without checking in at that border crossing would also be detained. Um, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and Customs and Border Protection should be abolished and replaced with a new immigration agency with personnel committed to the open borders policy. Uh, Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate, her website says the U.S. should not build a wall along the southern border or separate children from adults who illegally attempted to cross the border. She supports deporting illegal immigrants who can, who commit serious crimes. She opposes local law enforcement detaining illegal immigrants and transferring them to federal immigration authorities unless the crime involves a victim and is, and is serious. Um, and then uh, Donald Trump. His view is President Trump has enforced immigration laws to protect American communities and American jobs. Upon entering office, Trump called on Congress to fully fund a wall along the southern border to close legal loopholes that enable illegal immigration, to end chain immigration, and to eliminate the visa lottery program. Under President Trump's leadership, the Department of Homeland Security took action to wind down DACA program in an orderly fashion. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, the Department of Homeland Security launched the Office of Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement also called voice. The president released his immigration reform proposal, which calls for the transition to a merit-based immigration program, uh, which has been one of his uh, campaign 
promises, I think, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those stances. Take them as you will. Um, I highly suggest you look up more about the border wall. Uh, it's a little too much for us to go mm-hmm. through, but uh, I would just look into facts about where they're at with the border wall. Um, Mexico is not paying for it, as Donald Trump had mentioned a lot in his previous can- uh, candidacy run. Um, I would offer us that you watch some uh, clips of late night last week tonight with John Stewart or not sorry John sorry John Oliver on uh, uh, YouTube. Um, he does very factual information. He talks about where he gets the facts. Um, another great one is uh, Adam Ruins Everything, which is a great program that is very fact oriented, and they even put their sources down when they make facts uh, factual uh, presentations. Um, he has a great one that's on YouTube on the wall and border protection as well. So. Those would be good resources for you to check out if you want to know more about the border wall and things yeah. like that. And this is probably something we can also share when we release this episode, perhaps on Twitter or Facebook. Absolutely. I'll post, I'll post the links on there and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll post the links. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for sharing. And please tell AK, thank you so much for allowing you to share that. I know that's a personal story and a personal thing that she's going through. Um, and, uh, I know it's, it's tough and it's stressful, uh, financially and emotionally, um, and uh, I'm definitely, you know, obviously I'm here for you, uh, but uh, thank you so much for sharing that and just allowing people to understand a more personal voice uh, to DACA and immigration, because um, I think that's just, it's super important for people to hear it from people experiencing Thank it. you so much, brother. I, I really appreciate that and for giving me the opportunity to share. Uh, it is, it's sad that we live in a country right now where one has to be afraid of talking about one's immigration status. Um, so this has been something for longtime listeners and everything. This is something that I've been living with that keeping close to my chest and stuff. You know, I try not to talk, you know, I don't really think I've talked about it much on the podcast beforehand, um, because it's not my experience to share. It's Anna Karen's. Um, I know I've, she spoke on our podcast, I believe it was in season two and she shared a little bit about it, but, um, thank you so much though. And, uh, I hope for the listeners out there that this gave you an inside view and, uh, her, hopefully it is, um, given you a new perspective for you to consider, uh, as you can, as you continue to move forward in this country, either as a citizen or otherwise. And we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have similar experiences, if you're a DACA recipient or if you are an illegal immigrant and you're here uh, pursuing a dream, you know, this is the Hollywood hustle that this is what we're all about. And we're here to support each other. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd also, if you're someone who's worked hard to become an American citizen, we'd love to hear your path uh, to becoming that citizen and what it took for you and the struggles you went through. Um, not only through the system, but maybe through uh, uh, jobs and other places uh, that kind of impacted you. We'd love to hear your story in that as well. Uh, So, Michael, you know, one of the things we were doing at the end of last year, I think it was really important. I think a lot of people appreciated this. And I think it's good for us, especially in the time that we're living, uh, to still stay positive, to still look at those small wins that we have every week. Um, and just celebrate them. And I know right now it's just us, and uh, <laughs> but it's okay to pat your, your each other on the back a little bit. Every pat now each other's so, uh, webcam. Yay. So do you have any wins? It doesn't, you know, you don't have to do two, but any wins that you can share small or big from this week that you want to celebrate? Yeah, sure. I can share a couple. On the creative side, with the entertainment industry slowly starting to come back, I've seen quite a few friends uh, starting to be on set again. Um, 
I have taken on the the chance to start updating my acting reel, and uh, you know th- this this is really exciting. Um, you know, much of this year I felt like I wasn't able to be an actor, and so uh, granted the industry isn't fully operating yet, but uh, I am you know doing the work to update my reel, and so I'm just kind of proud of myself for the initial legwork I've done so far. Uh, I am thinking of hiring someone to edit my reel because I've tried doing it and uh, it's not my uh, skill set quite yet. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to be reaching out to quite a few people next and I hope to update you guys when I have that uh, new reel to go. Uh, but then, yay! in addition to all the DACA stuff, uh, one thing longtime listeners may recall uh, last year, uh, my wife and I were given the fun and uh, unpleasant news that our original wedding venue uh, decided to close on us unexpectedly. And uh, with that, they took our money. Uh, So we had what we thought a year to plan our wedding. We ended up having uh, less than five months to plan our wedding. Well, a couple weeks ago, um, I I got served a subpoena uh, to appear at the LAX courthouse and uh, met with the district attorney, and uh, we have finally started to move forward, uh, myself and the other victims in this lawsuit, uh, and we got our first checks towards our restitution payments for the money that uh, we lost because of uh, this this guy's actions. So that was really cool to kind of experience justice on that level. So um, Justice and money. Justice to sweet, sweet And things. money. Uh, <laughs> But I can't really hold on to that money because I have to use it to pay federal taxes, uh, you know, and DACA and and DACA <laughs> and stuff. So, uh, you know, but it's it's a, it's a big help. It's a big win for for us. Uh, so that was really good. Fantastic, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy about your reel and that you're kind of getting back into that acting creative elephant element. Um, elephant. And then uh, I'm also super excited that that's finally moving forward. I know that's been a long thing running for the last year. So uh, super excited. You're starting to get some restora- uh, restitution and, and things are kind of moving forward in the, in the act of justice. Um, that's fantastic. Thanks, brother. Uh, How about you, man? Any recent wins? Uh, so like I said, I'm, I've started a kind of a venture that I'm working on and Michael is definitely a part of it as well. Um, and uh, I signed on someone else recently to help with some marketing and some uh, uh, PR strategy for it, which, uh, is, that's something I didn't know before that I've met recently. And, uh, so to me, that's a big one that I was able to talk to them and it's kind of like bringing a client on board, but not somebody to help out. So super excited about that. I think a big win for both of us, just getting this podcast back up and running, um, Honestly, sitting down yeah. and recording <laughs> this episode right now is a huge win for all of us. And, uh, super excited about the conversations we're going to have over the next, uh, 10 weeks. And I'm super excited about the guests we're going to be re, re- uh, reconnecting with and discussing certain things with. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and that, I think that's a big one, just setting a time and getting it started again yeah. is a huge win for both of us. Um, and see if I, I don't think I have, uh, really anything else other than those few, I guess finally kind of getting a therapist and, uh, being able to finally sit down and talk to somebody, uh, about how I've been feeling over the last few months, even though it is a little bit of the, I'm, I'm feeling better. It's still going to help. I think with a lot of other issues, uh, to discuss and, and kind of help me even become more better and more healthy in my mental state. So super For excited sure. about that. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yay for both well, of us. Good on you, man. Th- those sound like all really good, positive things. That's Thanks, great, man. 
Um, so we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear any uh, uh, topics or issues you want us to talk about and try to maybe bring on someone who has a little more knowledge or personal uh, stories that deal with those issues. We'd love to try to do that. So email us at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you are a DACA recipient or you've dealt with uh, becoming an American citizen. We'd love to hear your story. We also want to hear what you've been doing through quarantine. What's getting you through? Uh, what things are you doing to stay mentally healthy, emotionally healthy? And at what in what ways have you been impacted uh, during this time and how are you handling it? And how are you handling homeschooling and other things that everybody's having to do right now? Remote work. If you have a tip on working remotely that others could use, that would be great too. So definitely email us at Hollywood hustle podcast at gmail.com. And you can also check us out on Instagram at Hollywood hustle podcast, all one word. Uh, where we'll start posting again more regularly. We're going to post some uh, songs to motivate you. We're going to post some things you can watch when you're not working. We're going to post some funny things, some stories of our own lives. Uh, and we're super excited about that. Michael, you want to tell them where else they can find us? Yeah, definitely. So you're listening to us on the podcast. Perhaps you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. That's great. We actually currently host our podcast on Anchor FM. It's a really cool podcasting app, and uh, it's a tool that you can actually send us a voice message directly. So uh, if you want to actually share your voice on the show, whether that's sharing your quarantine hustle, uh, or any other pursuits that you've got going on, or to just check in with us. If you're a longtime listener and you just want to let us know how you're doing during this time, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do so on the Anchor FM app. Uh, it's available on both iOS and uh, Android devices. Um, or you can also email us an audio clip if you want to do a recording. And again, that's HollywoodHustlePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check us out on our personal uh, social medias. I am at Michael Lutheran. Uh, I'm not really on Twitter so much these days because election craziness, but I am posting a lot on uh, Instagram, also on Facebook. You can check me out. Daniel, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Daniel Tuttle, D-A-N-I-E-L-T-U-T-T-E-L. -E you can also find me on Twitter with uh, at Daniel Tuttle as well. Um, there you can, I do post a little bit on Twitter. I share news stories and stuff. I don't post a lot of personal stuff, usually sharing stuff more than anything. And you can also find me on TikTok if you do that uh, at Bearded Writer, uh, writer being like a writer of books, Bearded Writer. Uh, yes. If and you he posts want, a lot of great fun videos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try. I try. I've been off it a little bit. I'm trying to get back into it for fun. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at LA Hustlecast. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Hollywood Hustle Podcast. You'll find us there. Leave a like us and then you can follow all our stuff on there. Um, also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, leave us a review. That is so helpful for us to get our uh, episode, our show out more, get more listeners, more feedback. Uh, so leave us a review, hopefully five stars. And if you can, leave leave a comment inside your review as well. So we know how uh, we're doing and how, how this show is impacting you. Um, that would be incredibly helpful. Now, again, we're starting back up. We haven't been doing episodes for a while. So I thought Michael for newer listeners uh, or people maybe who have been, who started at the end of 2019 listening to us, is there an episode you suggest they go back and listen to uh, until we have an, a new episode come out? Absolutely. I'd love to recommend our interview series with casting associate uh, and documentary filmmaker Beth Rhine, uh, R-Y-N-E. Uh, Beth is an amazing person. Uh, she's become a really good friend of mine. Uh, she's become kind of like my acting coach. I've been taking her classes Um before COVID-19 hit, uh, but she is an amazing individual. Uh, so definitely check out her episode. She shares all about the hustle as far as uh, be working in the casting side 
Uh, she's helped cast shows like Jack Ryan uh, on Amazon, as well as the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Uh, and then she's also working on a documentary called Feeling Seen, which is all about LGBTQ representation in television. Uh, and she shares so much about her own personal journey and everything. It is uh, one of my favorite episodes and interviews that we've done. Uh, so really recommend that uh, listeners check that out. And her episodes are episode 55 and 56, just a heads up. So to help you guys figure that, find that. Um, my you. suggestion is going to be episodes 45 and 46, funny enough, uh, <laughs> our interview with Trevor Algott, the former host of Inside Acting podcast. Uh, I thought his was relevant right now because we talk about a lot about transitioning and, uh, and, and health and management and lifestyle and just where we're at right now, I know a lot of people are transitioning into different jobs, possibly are transitioning from jobs to being at home all the time and uh, finding healthy ways to, to keep your mind going and keep your creative juices flowing. Um, so I felt like his interview would be really helpful right now in this moment. Uh, so definitely episodes 45, 46 with Trevor Algott. Again, we talk about trans uh, uh, being in a, a between state, between things. And we also talk about keeping a healthy lifestyle, keeping routines. Um, and how that helps you mentally and emotionally. And so definitely check those episodes out. Michael, we did it. We recorded a new episode. Yes, for the first time in 2022. For the Not first time but in forever. Yes, but it means so much that you guys have been with us, uh, that you've been patient, that you've been uh, anticipating when the Hollywood hustle we would start again. Well, we're back and we're, you know, as we always have done, we're here to support you and... Uh, you know, we want you to stay safe, stay creative, stay positive, wear a mask, <laughs> wear a mask over your nose, over, over your, nose. your nose. It's not uh, a chin. And also, diaper. folks, and remember, voting does not start on November 3rd. It ends on November 3rd. So please vote, vote, vote. You may not think your vote matters uh, in the state you live in. It may be a heavy blue state, maybe a heavy red state it may be a heavy green state, but it matters. Your vote matters because the more votes a certain candidate gets, the lower the chances of a recount uh, of any kind of contestion, uh, contesting of the count. So definitely, please get out there and vote in whatever way you feel safe. If you can mail in a ballot, make sure you read the instructions twice. Read every instruction carefully on how to fill out your ballot, what pin to use on your ballot. If you have eight envelopes, you got to put it in. Make sure you put them in the right sequence. What stamp you might need if you need a stamp. Look at every little bit because they verify these things. If you need to double check your signature with the signature on your license, like make sure it is so foul, like infallible that you they cannot touch you in the verification of it. So just check everything twice. I just implore you to do that. Yeah. And if you can't mail your ballot for whatever reason and plan on voting in person, please be sure to research and find out where uh, your city or where your state is having your polling place. Recently, a lot of uh, certain states have been uh, restricting the number of polling places to go. So educate yourself, build a plan and vote. It is so important. Yeah. Vote, vote, vote. Um, and you can also take your mail-in ballot and turn it in person. You don't have to mail it. It can be turned in in person. You just skip the line and give it to someone. They drop it in a box. Done. 
You're done. You voted. You're good. Um, and also, finally, some states have partnered with something called Ballot Tracker, where you can sign up and actually track your ballot from being sent to being verified and accepted. So I highly suggest you check to see if your state's done that. I know California is one of those states. Sign up for Ballot Tracker so you know when your vote has actually counted. Um, and they'll let you know that on there. So vote, vote, vote. We'll be saying that a lot. Get used to it. Uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, Michael, it's been a pleasure to sit here and talk to you again, my friend, uh, and have such a, a meaningful conversation. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for becoming emotional because I love you and you're my friend and I care so much about you and AK. Um, I do apologize to the listener because I know sometimes I hear someone crying on a microphone, <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. I don't care. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, stay I, I, safe, I love guys. you, brother. Thank you so much. And yes, of course. Stay safe. Stay creative, guys. Stay positive. I know it's hard and we live in such a crazy time, but stay positive. Get off social media if you need to. Go for a walk. Do whatever gets you some air and some space from whatever is stressing you out. And please wear a mask. Just wear it. It's fine. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Um, but until next time, uh, we love you. We believe in you. And always remember to keep up, keep up the core. Quarantine, quarantine hustle hustle yeah i guess that's it right now yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep yeah. up the quarantine, yeah, quarantine hustle. hustle keep up the quarantine yeah. hustle and yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody this episode was brought to you by team hustle Daniel Tuttle is our host and executive producer. Michael Lutheran co-hosted and produced this episode. Eric Waldman is our production assistant and edited the video version of this episode, available on Facebook and Instagram. Kate Cassidy is our social media coordinator. Our theme and transition music was provided by bendsound.com. If you would like to support the hustle of this podcast with a financial contribution, please visit our podcast on anchor.fm, available on iOS and Android app stores, or by visiting hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. 